Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, the weekly, when Ben remembers to press record, pop culture podcast. This week on Sure Look, Sure Listen, if Ben has remembered, in fact, to press record on the main system and the backup system, Benjamin, then, Sure Look... We'll be having a look. Yeah, you make your little angry faces at me. You you know who you did? You disappointed. You disappointed me and you disappointed the listeners, Ben. There were people texting me all week going, where's this week's episode about capitalism? First of all, nobody listens to our podcast, so that's a lie. <laughs> well, they can't listen to it if, it's not, if you don't record it, Ben, if you don't press record. It's just you keep us this up and I'll, I'll stop recording right now. <laughs> Oh no! Alright, we better do it then. Sure, look, Benjamin, we've no time for being mean to each other because we have an absolute trolley load of things to look at this week, would you believe? We do. Including, but not limited to, yes, in fact, limited to, The Flash has its official trailer. That's definitely happening for real, which surprises everybody. Also, The Hunger Games has a prequel, apparently, that no one wanted or asked for. Transformers Rise of the Beasts is coming out, and they're already kind of cannibalising their own mythology. The Witcher has a season three, and Netflix is like, oh, we promise it'll be good, we swear, mister, just watch The Witcher, please. Twisted Metal, Benjamin, one of your favourite post-apocalyptic nightmare world video games from the grimy, gritty, low-polygon PlayStation 1 era is getting a surprise TV series on Peacock. We've a movie. We've a trailer for The Wrath of Becky. I'm running out of breath. We've a trailer for The Wrath of Becky, a classic killing the killers movie. Oh, then we're not even halfway. And <laughs> Disney are doing Kazazimoto, aka Loving Robots in Africa. And we've seen a trailer for Next Goal Wins, aka Cool Runnings, but it's football. Not only have we all of those trailers to look at, but you have seen Ghosted, one of our favourite films with Chris Evans and Anna de Armas, and we've both seen Citadel, episode one and two, and we're going to talk about whether or not it's in our wheelhouse or not. It is, is the answer. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and judging from the blue in your face, it definitely was, uh, we're also going to be taking a look at trilogies. Why are they sometimes shit? <laughs> sometimes they're shit sometimes they're good but why? sometimes they're shit why does shit. that happen yeah, why? why what is it happen? Benjamin speaking well, yeah. of trilogies go on did you see the trailer this week for 1989's Batman 3 yeah Michael we've all been waiting for for Tim Burton's long awaited kind of cap on his 1989 Batman trilogy and we got the trailer for it this week Michael because you know if you were to originally make a movie, let's say, let's say, why did it take so long to make, Michael? Let's say you were going to make another movie. Yeah. And then yeah, the star yeah. of said other movie went on what can only be described as an anti-press tour. <laughs> <laughs> In yes. an attempt to just tarnish their reputation. I mean, really take, you know, 
take a Christian Bale Batman pummeling from Bane to the reputation, Michael. Mm. Mm. Do you think Ezra Miller is going into WB board meetings going, hey guys, any publicity is good publicity. And the Warner Brothers executives are like, finish off their lines of cocaine and say, I swear to God, Miller, if you say that one more time. (laughs) Michael, we got the trailer for The Flash, the official trailer too. And it's just Michael Keaton. (laughs) It's just Batman 3, man. Just Michael Keaton. I don't know if he's going to be in it that much, but we've seen all of it now. We've seen most of it. I don't have to see this anymore, Michael, because I was only going to go and watch it for Michael Keaton anyway. They've got us. They've trapped us all with Michael Keaton. It's funny yeah, because they got us. It's funny because there wasn't a great outpouring of upset when Michael Keaton was replaced by your favorite Val Kilmer in 1996 or whatever it was. Was there not? No, not particularly. I think ah, Michael, there, sh- there should have been. There should have been, obviously, because everybody loves a little small Batman. But this is very much nostalgia driven. Yeah, I, I, it's nostalgia. I didn't know people had Michael. I, I love 1989's Batman because it's so silly. It's very I, silly. He says, "Do you want to get nuts?" And he says it again in this trailer, Michael. He's he all about all the things. It. He says all the things again. I think this is just going to be people saying the things again. Michael, it, it's worked for Marvel for decades, so let's see if it works for Warner Brothers now for a little bit. You want to get nuts? Hmm? hmm? It should just be called Batman 3, You Want to Get Nuts? Question mark. Mm, That'd be cool. I hope... I hope the Flash says, Hey, do you... Have you ever... Do you ever... I mean, what about brunch? Oh, that was everyone's yeah. favourite line. I hope he says That was it great. A real yeah. winner. I, I've heard, Michael, that one of the lines he utters is, um, have you ever jogged with the devil in the pale moonlight? I've, I've heard that that's one of Ezra Miller's lines in this. That's, yeah. uh, that's a reference to the original Batman film, of course. It is, yeah. It is, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be very, very good. We're, we're, look, we're all looking forward to watching Jogging the film. It's going to be very good. Um, Go, going for a quick run, the film. Go, <laughs> going for a quick run and changing the timeline, the film. Starring mm. definitely okay Ezra Miller. Nobody Google anything, please. Thank you. Until after the movie. There's no need for Googling what actors have done. There's no need <laughs> <Just> for it. <laughs> don't Warner Brothers. be looking up what actors are doing. And if you don't know what they're doing, you'll be grand. You'll enjoy the films a lot more. Warner Brothers and Marvel are having a joint meeting now on how they're going to handle this Google ban in cinemas. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, for just... Kang the Conqueror and one for The Flash. Just being like, are we just going to tell people not to do it? Is that, a, is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. The DC guys are just finishing their lines of cocaine and going, so how are we stopping this Google? <laughs> it's come out of nowhere. Where's this thing come from? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Benjamin, speaking yeah. of things that have come out of nowhere and no one knows where it's come from. Who asked for a Hunger Games prequel? Was it you? Michael. Was it you personally, Benjamin Colopy? Yeah, um, it was me and the the global Hunger Games uh, fan club. It's Hunger Fames, Gimme Gimme. Mm. That's the name of the club. It's, it's terrible. Oh. But we wrote a big joint letter, Michael, and we sent it off to the lads over at... Is it Lionsgate? I think it's Lionsgate. Yeah, it's Lionsgate. Is it Lionsgate? We, we sent it over to the lads at Lionsgate. <laughs> I think it's Lionsgate. And we said... Then. We said, look, we've heard that Batman 3 is coming out. It turns out huge time gaps between films don't matter anymore. We'd Mm. really love to know how the dystopian society of the Hunger Games Mm. got started. Tell us more. 
Tell us more. Tell us the history of that one character, Jon Snow. Yeah, President th- isn't Jon that, Snow. Is that not... Uh, is that not the, the bad guy from the main trilogy? Is he not yeah, the- yeah. This is, uh, this is to <laughs> The Hunger Games what Star Wars Episode One was to Darth Vader. This is... This is the origin story of the baddie. It's unbelievable that society still thinks what baddies need is origin stories where they start out as relatable. Just let them be bad. Just let them be a big baddie. Played by Donald Pleasance or Sutherland. It's it's one of the two. One of the two. Come here to me. Come here to me. What What I'm a little bit confused by, Michael. What I'm a little bit confused by. I I think, did we get a D.H. Stanley Tooch? No, I don't think so. I think that's just another actor just doing a tooch. Who looks very like the tooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's using a technique that I like to call kicking it into tooch. It's where... Oh, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> Fucking great little football joke there. It's where... <laughs> it's where uh, if you haven't got a really a line on a character that you want to play, you just do a big Stanley Tucci impression. That'd be good. I don't know. I don't know if it is an actor. I'm really proud of that joke, Ben. I don't do a lot That's of football a... jokes. It's a real shame that you didn't have any other human being as a co-host <laughs> for this particular podcast. Because if you had, I yeah. would. Uh, the the other me probably would have laughed. It probably would have been a great joke. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it's a thankless task to play the younger version of a famous character. Very few people have pulled it off with a plum. I think probably the greatest known example of it is Ewan McGregor, who yeah. essentially now owns Obi Wan. Yes, but it's very much his gig. It's very much uh, he has replaced Donald Sutherland or Pleasance as um people as Obi Wan in most people's minds. Mostly because yes. neither Donald Sutherland nor Donald Pleasance played Obi Wan Kenobi. It was a very easy swap for most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just wasn't there for them. But um Obi-Wan was only in the original trilogy for like 70 minutes. Less, no? Yeah. Yeah, something like very, very little screen time. So like Obi, so Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan has a lot more screen time now. But it's weird. This is weird. I just, the concept of this is weird. It's, hey, did you love The Hunger Games? Because it was this big, cool, dystopian spectacle. Well, how about seeing when it was less of all those things? And a bit more of a necessity. And we didn't make it into a weird reality TV show with the spectacle. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've even got proto Katniss in here. So this is where things get interesting for me, Michael. This is the first time I've ever felt super old watching a trailer. Because I watched this trailer and I said, I don't have a fucking clue who anyone in this trailer is. is Not the character. The, the actor. actors. Is she no the same clue. lady? Is she the same lady what was in Shazam 3, 2? Rachel Ziegler? Rachel Zegler, is that her name? I don't know. Oh my God, Ben, you're so old. I'm so old, Michael. I just don't know the answer to that question. Um, But nobody's asked for this, Michael. Nobody cares. Well, maybe some people care. Some people do care. Some people do care. Um, It is. It's Rachel Zegler, I was right. She was was the love interest in the latest, uh, whatchamacallit, Shazam film. Shazam. Benjamin, mm. remember when we were watching Transformers the last night? Uh, no. <laughs> no, you've blocked no, it No, I do out. not. 
You've, uh, yeah. you've initiated the backstop protocol and you've blocked it out completely. Oh, but very, very nice. We can check off no, backstop no. protocol there, Michael. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't spoil anything. That let just, yeah, let, yeah. No, just no. let that just be a weird thing I've said unless <laughs> unless it becomes relevant later. Benjamin, remember yeah. when we were watching uh, The Last Night and you were saying to me, my favorite thing about this The Last Night film is the mysterious character played by Gemma Chand. Yeah, I, I I say that about most things Gemma Chan is in. My favorite thing about this movie is the mysterious character played by Gemma Chan. Yes, that was your favorite thing about The Eternals and Captain Marvel. And Crazy Rich Asians. And Crazy Rich Asians. I think that was the only thing you liked about Crazy Rich Asians. But that it's is... It's because I'm a noted a racist, for- Michael. <clears throat> <laughs> I was just going to say it's a topic for another podcast. But yes, that's yeah. where I was going. But Benjamin, <laughs> yeah. you were absolutely delighted at the end of the last night to find out that Earth was Unicron. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that distinctly. There's, there's no way in which I'm playing along with a bit and utterly bewildered. No, no, you put your hand in my hand, on my yeah, lap. My I hand was on my lap. Cinema. And you as grasped my hand and you turned to me, wide-eyed with shock. And you said to me, Mick, is Earth Unicrons? And I said, Ben, I think so. That's what Gemma Chan's character seems to be saying. I, I think what I originally said, Michael, is it not pronounced unicorns? No, that's a different mythological animal. Anyway, Ben, it doesn't matter because that's all bullshit, apparently. Because in Rise of the Beast, Unicron is a separate thing and he's coming to get Earth this time. What is Unicron, Michael? Unicron is Galactus of Transformers. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, that, that's so, a good analogy. I like that. Very easy to yeah. follow. He's a big, giant space robot man who turns... Yeah. Into, he, you know how you have Optimus Prime, Ben, and he's turning into a truck most of the time? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's very good at being a truck. And you've got Bumblebee, and he's turning into a small uh, family car or a sports car, depending on who needs to pay the marketing budget. Yeah, who's driving? Yeah, I understand. It's Haley Steinfeld. We get we get a we get a, a perfectly affordable economy car, and if mm. it's noted pain in the arse, Shia LaBeouf, you get a Mustang. What's the beef? But Benjamin Unicron, he's going. I'm not having. I first of all, I'm voiced by Orson Welles, and he's saying, "Behold." Unicron, I'm not having any of this turning into a car bullshit. I'm going to turn into a whole planet, a whole last planet, Ben, to use the modern <laughs> lingo of the youth. He says, I'm going to turn into a whole last planet. And that's what he does. And he goes around eating other planets because he's a hungry boy. So wait, come here to me. How was Earth yeah. a, a Transformers devouring planet? It was, but it's not anymore, because that's how The Last Night ended. The revelation in The Last Night was Earth was Unicrons all along. Oh, okay. uh, In this, in Transformers Rise of the Beasts, um, it's not anymore. There he is. Look, he's up in the sky. Oh, fuck. Yeah, nobody give that a second thought. Everything's grand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is it a different timeline? Is it the same timeline? Are any of the films in the same timeline? Does any of it matter? Is John Cena in this? Nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, I hope John Cena is in it, just because I like John Cena. Is John Cena in it? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying right now that John Cena is in Transformers Rise of the Beasts? It'll probably get us more views, so yes. I'm saying definitively, Michael, (laughs) that John Cena is definitely in Transformers (laughs) 7? Is this Transformers, Transformers 7 or 8? 
I don't know, Ben. I, I'm like I'm barely a Transformers fan, Ben, so I don't really keep track of these things. But that's a fucking even, lie. <laughs> yeah, I know that was the irony of it. Even for me, I have not a fucking clue what's going on anymore. Earth's not even Unicron, as it turns out. So Gemma Chan once again was lying to us. That fucking lies from Gemma Chan. But you know what? The next time she's in a film playing a mysterious stranger, I'm in. You're still going to be in, Benjamin. Speaking yeah. of mysterious strangers. Is there any stranger more mysterious than Geralt the Witcher? <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking of Geralt the uh, Geralt of Rivia's strange twin brother who'll be taking over from season four, Michael uh, Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> That'd be great. I can't wait. I love a uh, I love a miscast recasting. It's going to be fabulous. But they can't. They can't follow through with this, Michael. <laughs> They can and they will, and they're going to. Was Army Hammer busy or something? Like, could you not just have gotten another lantern-jawed, like, in, rugged individual to play him? Liam Hemsworth. What's the last thing Liam Hemsworth was in? Hunger Games. I don't know. I think he was. I just Hunger don't Games, know. I, I don't know. It's weird. He might have been. Maybe. Mm. Come here to me, Michael. This this has had the wind reefed out of its sails by yeah, like pure a- merit of the fact that this announcement that they're replacing bloody <laughs> Henry Cavill with Liam Hemsworth it's it's gone it's over it's just who cares well for me I don't know maybe other people care well the internet is certainly backlashing against this the internet's take on this seems to be like Netflix how dare you just put this trailer out and pretend that everything is fine. You absolute liars. Who do you think you are? Gemma Chan's character from Transformers The Last Night trying to pull the wool over our eyes that this planet is or isn't Unicorn? Cron? Yeah. So, um, anyway, in season three of The Witcher, Michael, uh, it's Geralt versus Unicron. That's that's what's happening. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, In this uh, multiverse, Michael, he's known as the Wild Unicron. Um, mm. And uh, he's after Siri. That's what's happening. It's the Wild Hunt, Ben. It's the Wild Hunt, Michael. That famous mythical iteration, the Wild Hunt, and it's coming for Siri. Oh no! Oh no! It's the events of the Witcher okay? Three, Michael, isn't it? It's the, that is the, the plot of the Witcher Three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, apparently Geralt is scared now. He's he's got a little bit of the the heebie-jeebies. Okay, because you know? the Wild Hunt, he's like, oh, oh yeah, the Wild Hunt's no good. The Wild Hunt's no good. You don't want that after you. So, Michael, we found out in The Witcher 2 that um, the, the conjunction of the spheres mm. is is actually a bunch of separate parallel universes. Not necessarily parallel, just separate universes that line up every once in a while and cause havoc. Oh, that would be a great way to slip a, a different Witcher in. Yeah, wouldn't it? Well, what happened to your face, Gerald? Why are you suddenly less attractive and abusive towards Miley Cyrus? Um, and uh, we, we find out that uh, <laughs> Hold on a it's minute. because of the conjunction of spheres. Hold on a minute. Where is this coming from? Oh, have you not heard all this, Michael? Have you not been on the internet over the last three weeks, no? No. What's, um, what, what has he allegedly done? Yeah, so allegedly, Michael, he's he's been a bit of a controlling man, Michael, and a bit of a a bit of a subtle gaslighter and abuser of his former wife, Miley Cyrus. Oh, is that not what marriage is for? Uh, no, <laughs> fuck me. That's ooh. Hang on, I had to catch my breath from that one. It's rare for you to be the misogynist on this podcast, Michael. But, no, I didn't uh, well mean done. for I didn't mean for husbands towards wives. I meant both ways. Oh, okay. So you're more anti-marriage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that'll probably get us more listeners. Say that again a bit louder. No time for it. Everyone's the worst. No time for it. (laughs) Everyone's the worst. Look, I I don't know if I care about Geralt of Rivia swinging a sword anymore. I don't. They also take very long between seasons, Michael. (laughs) Do they? Is it not just one Earth year? Is it one Earth year? I think it's a bit more at this point. Is it? Well, I mean, it has. It's not exactly smooth sailing, is it? No, it never goes very well for them, does it? It's just, mm. it's not their best work. It's not their best work. Look, an inglorious end to an all right series that started well enough. Yeah, I think it's fair to say an all right series, Michael. Like, it was grand, but it was never any great shakes. If anything, it was surprising that Henry Cavill stuck with it as long as he did. There was a kind of feeling that it might go places in the beginning, but it had potential, but it didn't go to those places. It went to the other places, the wrong places. Benjamin. The wrong places, yeah. One of my favourite games on the PlayStation 1, the original PlayStation 1, was Twisted Metal. Way back in 1967, (laughs) when Mick was but a wee lad. Well, why don't you go and... Fuck all the way off. Because <laughs> the PlayStation 1 came out during your lifetime, you son of a bitch. Benjamin, if you remember to press record this week, just as a yeah. quick check. Oh, <laughs> look at you, you son of a bitch. That is both fair, mean and cutting. Well played. Well played. <laughs> the triple one. Yeah. Benjamin, You're one of fucking... my favourite... One of my favourite video games back in the midst of the 1960s when I was playing on my PlayStation 1 on my Magnavox television was the uh, post-apocalyptic motorised combat game Twisted Metal 2 World Tour. And Twisted Metal, Ben, takes... Go on, sorry, look, you're you're reacting there. It's just a deep cut, Michael. That is a deep, deep cut. A fabulous game, Benjamin. You play one of a variety of different cartoonish weirdos who's trying to win a tournament of motorised combat because the organiser of the tournament has promised one genie-esque wish to whoever wins the tournament. Yes. Now, he's a prick, Ben. So he plans on whatever you wish for. He's going to turn it around on you and like do a big mean trick on you. It's a classic gin wish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know... But a a weird, gross, terrifying, post-apocalyptic nightmare world where men are welded into the axles of giant monster truck wheels and demonic ice cream men clowns are coming to get you. They're all coming to get you. They're all coming to get you, Ben. There's a sexy policewoman. There's a Formula One driver. There's weirdos on a sidecar. There's a mortician, Benjamin, in a hearse. There's a preacher. There's all sorts of great characters. And what of the and characters now, that Michael, wasn't... Yes, go on. <laughs> There's Anthony Mackie. <laughs> so yes, exactly. What I was going to say was one of the characters that definitely wasn't in it was the actor Anthony Mackie. Just being himself on the side of a just... modern normal road. Because <laughs> I think that's what Anthony Mackie does now. He's just himself because he's like, ah, fuck it. It was so Amy. weird. I was watching this going, what's Anthony Mackie got for us this week? And Anthony Mackie goes, hey, it's me, Anthony Mackie. This week, I'm going to be in car combat. Cut the check, he says. Cut the check. That's Anthony Mackie's famous catchphrase. Cut the check. Um, And he he says it exactly like that, Michael, in that exact tone of voice. Yes. Uh, Twisted Metal is a fascinating kind of thing. I once did a, for, for, for the sake of insomnia, Michael, I once did a deep dive on the lore of Twisted Metal for the PlayStation 2, I think. All right, that would have been Twisted Metal 3 onwards, I'd say. 
yeah, Twisted Metal but Black? that had uh, it could have been that. Yeah, that had a very similar um, background to this. There's a big evil fella in an office block. He's offering a magic wish. All you have yeah. to do is defeat all the other opponents as you go along. Good yeah. times all around. And th- th- Michael, the cavalcade of bizarre characters that belong in this game is bananas. Tell me about some of them. They're but they've done they've all done awful things, Michael. This is the mm. thing, right? So the most famous one I think you've already hit upon there, Michael, is of course the clown, the clown fella, Sweet and Tooth. Sweet Tooth. He's a serial killer, Michael. Uh, mm. And he was a serial killer before uh, anything to do with Twisted Metal. He he was just going around kidnapping people and sticking their bodies in, in odd places. Oh, it was terrible stuff, Michael. So once we moved on from there, uh, you're absolutely right, Michael. It was Twisted Metal Black in 2001. Um, Twisted Metal Big Black fan. in 2001. Yes? It's, it's one of my two favourite vehicular combat series, Benjamin. That's high praise. What's the other? Vigilante 8. Never played it. Vigilante 8 was a a game, Ben, where you played vehicular combat in a tournament set across the United States. But it has much more of a kind of 70s exploitation feel rather than a post-apocalyptic feel. Right. So all all the cars are 70s cars and Winnebago's and stuff like that. And it's great crack altogether. Are you just saying this so you can say vehicular... Combat as many times combat. as possible. No, yeah. I just love vehicular combat. I just love all the weird characters. Like there's like Big Rig and he's this kind of crazy trucker guy. And there's a guy who uh, has a, a Winnebago full of bees. And there's just the actor Anthony Mackie. Just, he's just he's there. there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me, so, Anthony Mackie. I'm between projects. I need someone to cut that check. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, cut the check. Cut as the he would check. say. I'll be in it. So in this world, Michael, the, the devil is Calypso. That's that's his name in this. And he's the one yes. offering the magic wish. Now this is all from Twisted Black, where they really went in on the lore and they were like, let's 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 tell people about all this, because it really matters in our weird psychotic game. So there's Calypso, there's uh Needles Kane, who's also known as Sweet Tooth, Michael. Yeah, yeah, he's no use. Um, well, is his vehicle Sweet Tooth? And he's Needles. Uh, I, I think it could be one or the other. I'm not 100% sure. I think they just changed the name as they went along, Michael. Okay. Um, there's Axel, who's a man that's built out of a car. No, he's built into a car. He's built into a car. Uh, there's Mr. Grimm, who's oh, kind yeah. of a voodoo racial caricature, which isn't great. Great um, stuff. Yeah, there's... It was 2001, so that was fabulous. <laughs> there's Marcus Kane. Who it's later revealed, Michael, and spoilers for a game that came out in 2001. But he's bloody Sweet Tooth. How that works is beyond anybody. Oh, bloody hell. That's very confusing. Yeah, very confusing. And there's characters like Dollface. Who can can forget such classic characters as Dollface? Who's Um, Dollface? She stole the bit from Batman the Animated Series where she was a supermodel who got a facial deformity and then became a psychopath. And it's the exact same. It's that character. But she drives a car. My favourite. My favourite weird character from the Twisted Metal series, Benjamin, is the normal actor, the normal Earth actor, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. <laughs> Michael, will we be watching this? Absolutely. Absolutely, Ben. For all the stuff that's on the list this week, this is the one that I am absolutely, unironically most excited for. I cannot wait for Anthony Mackie in post-apocalyptic vehicular combat with the devil. I cannot wait. 
I cannot wait. And I hope he is just playing the actor Anthony Mackie. I hope Anthony Mackie, the actor, has survived the apocalypse and he's wishing for Marvel Studios to be recreated so he can be in Captain America New World Order. That would arguably make me happier than what I think it's going to be. So yeah, I'm I'm down for that. I'd watch that version. I'm in. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of uh, people's wishes, what would you say if I won the Twisted Metal Tournament and I got to make one wish from Calypso and I said, Mm -hmm. what I would love is John Wick but a teenage girl. Yeah, I'd probably be down for that, Michael, uh, but only if she was called Becky. Oh, like in the movie The Wrath of Becky. Yeah, that we got the trailer for this week, Michael. Very good. Uh, So, Michael, this is a little bit Carrie with Mm. a little bit of John Wick sprinkled on in there. Yeah. A a touch of Inglorious Bastards thrown in for good measure. And then Final Girl. Yeah, a heaping healthy dose of Final Girl. And then Mm. a tremendous fucking fucking pile driver amount of... (laughs) You've got a bit Trump. Fucking modern politics, Michael, lashed in on top of that as well. Just, oh, just very get good. it all in there. Get yeah, it all, in, all there. in there. The Rather Becky, Michael, looks like the kind of thing that you'll switch on, come out of an hour and a half later and go, that was fucking great. That was, that was a lot of fun. Gas stuff altogether. I enjoyed when she killed everyone, but especially when they were right wing people that she killed. Yeah, those are no good, Michael. The old dog whistle politics in full display here and whatever slice of Americana... This particular mm. film is set in. Becky is an ordinary teenage girl who loses her mother and then becomes a vigilante of sorts, training herself to take on baddies. And then mm. they make the horrible mistake, Michael, of taking her fucking dog. You can't do it that. Looks like, they, looks like they kidnap her dog. Yeah, you can't take somebody's dog, Michael. It's not okay. Instant justification in the world of movies to go on a murderous rampage, stealing their 100%. dog and or pig. As far as I'm concerned, Michael, a complete and utter justification in real life to go on a murderous rampage to get your dog back. Get your dog back. Do that. Yeah. Get the yeah. dog back. Yeah. Go for it. It it looks to be a very irreverent, hyper-violent thing. Sean William Scott's in it, Michael. Haven't seen or heard from him in ages. Haven't seen or heard from him in ages. Um, it's got a heaping dose of politics. It's basically Becky versus the alt-right in the United States. And you know what, Michael? I'll watch it. It's it's fine. It's The Hunt. We we got this film a couple of years ago. It was The Hunt with uh, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin was in it. And um, your favourite and mine, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, Million Dollar Baby. Yes, also known as Hilary Swank when we give her her That's proper title. One, but yeah. Million Dollar Baby works just fine. Betty Gilpin versus The Million Dollar Baby. We've seen it before, Michael. But I, I think we're probably going to see it again. It looks great. It's very slickly put together from the trailer at least. Yeah, it looks very enjoyable. Speaking of slickly put together things from the trailer, though, what's all of this Kazazimoto? So, Michael, um, Disney has um, a lot to answer for in life. I think that would be fair to say. Mm, Copyright laws being extended beyond all reason. (laughs) For example. Including creating two films set in African nations with... (laughs) Very little input from African nations. Um, you know, that, 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 that might be what one would call a social or geopolitical faux pas. 
Michael, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> to have a large amount of British and American actors play Africans, um, create a fictional uh, African nation that borrows from all the other ones, but it's fine because <laughs> it's Wakandan, um, and then say, yeah, this is Africa, and then for Africans to go, what? <laughs> I'm sorry? Is it now? Is it now indeed <laughs> it Africa? Now? <laughs> is it now indeed? Well, I don't, I don't remember being so. asked. I do not yeah. remember being asked. So, so I, my proposal is, <laughs> you watch these 10 episodes of an animated series I've made for you. Yeah, and I think that's probably what they're going to do, Michael. We got the trailer for Kazazimoto this week, Michael, and it is, as you said in the, the opening, Love, Death and Robots, but in Africa. Mm, yeah, Star Wars uh, uh, shorts, but in Africa. Yeah, Star Wars visions, but in Africa. Mm, yeah. yeah, or any of the so other kind of, the, the, the animatrix, but in Africa. Yeah, take your pick, Michael, of your favourite animated anthology. That's it. That's it right there. Well, rather than taking my pick, Benjamin, what I'm going to do is let you start a sentence and keep on interrupting you with different things that it is, but in Africa. That's good. That's pretty much the format of this podcast. So that's that's good. It is is the format. That's good. You're right. The, The only skill that you could put down on your CV that you've gained from this podcast is interrupting. That's it. Mm. That's all you've got. Uh, Michael, this is, in fact, an all-African Fuck you, Benjamin. Cast. I already <laughs> had that skill. <laughs> you I got you. Bag. Um, so, come here to me. This is, is actually it? an all-African kind of endeavour, and it's got uh, animation studios from around Africa to put together their own Afrofuturism short Uh, looking at what is possible in the future of Africa and how technology might go on to shape a nation that doesn't get much of a look in, Michael, when we're talking about sci-fi. Africa's not a nation, of course, Benjamin. Uh, Africa, famously, Michael, shit, is not a nation. It is a continent. Um, And none of the nations of Africa ever really get a look in in uh, sci-fi Michael thank you very much that is a very unfortunate fucking slip from me there I have actually and I'm delighted to say been promoted to the head of development at Disney oh Um, very good congratulations based on that comment alone Wakanda forever too yeah no that's me upgraded so in the future Michael it looks very interesting it's only a teaser Michael so we didn't get much at all out of it Um, we got glimpses here and there there looks to be very some very slick animation there looks to be a few kind of Black Panther-esque shenanigans going on mm. with super tech. And yeah, it'll be a fun one to watch when it comes out, Michael. We might do an episode on Afrofuturism and we might try and find somebody who knows more about Afrofuturism, for example, that Africa is not a nation. <laughs> for example, just for a little small example of something <laughs> someone might know. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of not getting a look in, the old lads in American Samoa aren't any use at football. Ah, uh, Michael, do you know who's shite at, at your favourite game and not mine? Bloody, the, the American Samoans, Michael. They're not, they're not no, having yes. a great time. No, they're not yes. having a great time. Who could we send? Ah, uh, Michael, do you know who I'd love to see uh, go over there is a washed up Irish coach. I think that'd be good. John Candy. Yeah, you could send John Candy, Michael. You could mm. send John Candy. You might be, you might at a push send Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. You might, I, at, at a super-duper push, send Martin Short. Okay, right. Any of the comedians from that era. I'm really leaning more towards, is this not just cool runnings, Ben? Yeah, it's cool runnings, but with American Samoans instead of Jamaicans. Yeah, and football instead of the bobsleigh. 
I know they'll probably do a bit of bobsled as well. It's it's a joint football <laughs> and bobsled team. That's that's the whole That'd point. That'll be gas. That'll be That'd gas. Be Michael gas. Fassbender flying. Is Michael Fassbender playing an Irishman? Because I don't his think so. But in, as <laughs> as you and Nisha so accurately pointed out three weeks ago, Michael, on this very podcast. Michael Fassbender has an awful hard time shaking the lilt that Kerry has grinded into his vocal cords. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So where are you from? I'm from New York there. Asher, you you know yourself, I'm up over there in New York. And uh, Michael, he sounds very Irish at different points in this trailer. And I, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he is Irish, Ben. Maybe he is. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he isn't, Michael, we'll turn it into a short and stick it up on social media. It'll be very good. It'll fucking do gangbusters, Benjamin. Especially if the film comes out and it turns out he is Irish and then the internet will hate you even more. Yeah, and I, do you know what, Michael? At this point, having spent enough time on the internet, I think I'm okay with that. They can hate me. It's fine. Um, come here to me. Come here to me. Yeah. It's got some classic Taika Waititi bits in it. Oh, go on. Um... Taika Waititi is playing a preacher again for some reason. He's playing a priest yeah. again. Uh, and it's going to have that classic kind of stone-faced Samoan humour that we've come to expect, Michael. But this time from American Samoa. Very good. Very exciting. Benjamin, speaking of things, though, that the internet doesn't love, you've <laughs> seen from start to finish the Netflix, the Apple TV yeah, there we movie go. Gosted. Or so, Michael. AKA, by all accounts, <laughs> my girlfriend's. A sp- there seems to be a bit of a delay here this week. Is there? Is that why mm. we're interrupting each other so much? Mm. Um, you've seen the Netflix <laughs> or Apple TV movie Gosted, aka my girlfriend's the spy this time. Take that, sexists! <laughs> what do you think about that, misogynists? So, Michael, come here to me, right? Yeah, go on. No, Ben, I this... was actually asking you there, what do you think about that, misogynists? Oh, for, uh, oh because it's me. Uh, oh, it, oh, <laughs> Michael, the only reason I watched this was to hate watch it, because I was like, oh, oh, they're trying to they're trying to address the balance of power. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. Fucking uh, gas. And come here to me. On paper, Michael, this should be a fucking home run. Um, Who's in it? This has Chris Evans. He's popular. Anna de Armas. Very popular. Adrian Brody. He was in Predators. He was. Michael, this has an all-star cast. It has fairly decent action on occasion. There are cameos from Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, and... Oh, no. I've lost one of them. (laughs) Him off the Harold and Kumar get the munchies... Cowboy Bebop, live action. (laughs) Fuck, I don't know. I don't even know who you're talking about. Fuck, I'm going to have to look that up. He's in there. So it should, Michael, by all accounts, be a home run. Except that, yes, I think they are trying to play on the... So we've seen this a hundred times, Michael. Dating the spy is, is a thing that we've seen. The most recent example in my memory is a very old example now. But it's a bloody... This means war. With Thomas Hardy and uh, bloody Chris, another Chris, Chris Pines, one of the Chris's, one of the Hollywood Chris's. One of the Hollywood Chris's, yeah. It's John also Cho. Night and Day. John Cho, thank you very much. Uh, it's also Night and Day with 
bloody Thomas Cruz and one bloody Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, as they say in Spanish. Cameron Diaz. And it's a classic, Michael. So they've inverted this time so as not to be misogynists. But Michael... The film Ghosted, starring Chris Evans and Anna de Armas, is a giant walking red flag. Oh, is it? Oh, great this, fucking, this fucking film is horrific, Michael. This sounds great, Benjamin. And it's horrific from the point of view of the sheer righteousness of Chris Evans' character. So, this film is set up... And it introduces, it has the slowest start to a film. First of all, it's two hours long, Michael, and no rom-com should be two hours long. There's no need. Two hours too long. There's no need. It sets up so slow, Michael. Nothing happens for the first 40 minutes except the the lovers meet and it's a lovey-dovey montage and they're both overcoming their own personal barriers to kind of fall head over heels for each other, right? And that's fine. That happens. They meet at a farmer's market because in traditional rom-com standards, Chris Evans is a farmer. Oh, of course he is, yeah. One of the safe professions alongside architect Mm -hmm. and teacher. So you can have Mm. those. Those are allowed in your rom-com. Ga player. That's also a classic if you're into BBC One dramas starring Paul Mescal. How are you, Paul? If you'd like to be on the podcast, just give us a shout. Um, But come here to me, Michael. What is it? What happens is... Anna Darmas is a spy. Oh my God, what a twist. Chris Evans doesn't know this, right? Oh, like and the film Night and Day. Nice the, like the film Night and Day, Michael. Or like the film This Means War, Michael. Oh, Same okay. thing. So what happens here, Michael, is that Anna Darmas ghosts the young gentleman after a one-night stand, right? Oh, how modern. And his response to this, Michael, is... Oh... I'll go and see her in London. Now, Michael, you might ask, how yeah. does he know, if she, if he doesn't know she's a spy, how does he know that uh, she's in London? No, I wouldn't ask that, to be honest. So, Michael, it's established very early on that our Chris Evans is a little bit scatterbrained, and he likes to use Apple tiles to find his things. Oh, he's put one on her. And when he was having his one-night stand, he conveniently, Michael... Mm. Forgot his inhaler in her bag, which had an apple tile attached to it, because he frequently loses his inhaler. And who produced this movie again? Apple TV. (laughs) Very good. It's a two-hour ad for apple tiles. But it's an anti-ad for apple tiles, because he stalks her to London using the apple tile, to which both of his parents go, yeah, go for it, son, it's true love. He slept with her once. He fully confesses this to them, to which his sister, the only sane character in the entire movie, goes, do not fucking do that. Mm -mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Benjamin, do you remember that time when you were on your way to the airport and I had to intercept you and say, this is not a good idea, Ben? And I physically had to stop you from Fuck. going through security. That's, it's never happened. That's never happened. Michael. Now, it was pre-Apple tiles. So this was just good old-fashioned <laughs> Facebook stalking. Ben Colby is on the way to the airport. Ding. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you did the Facebook stalking. That's uh, Oh, I did the Facebook stalking. Yeah, yeah. And you just happened to know that I would be a creepy stalker. So, Michael, yeah, this yeah. is bizarre. And what follows is... Anna de Armas is basically a closed-off woman. It's a classic kind of Hallmark movie thing. She's too mm. focused on the job, Michael. Too focused on the job. And yeah, well, Chris Evans kind of... settle down. 
Yeah, she, what she needs to do is settle down, Michael. And Chris Evans kind of thaws her out over time, but he does it by gaslighting the shit out of her. So he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you lied about who you are. Despite the fact that on their first date, Michael, he lies about who he is constantly. And she calls him on this and he goes, it's not the same because you murder people. It's, oh, it's bizarre, Michael. It's just a series of Chris Evans being like, I'm right because I'm a man and I'm open to things. And I, I admit my mistakes. He doesn't. And Anna de Armas is just being like, I should have let you die. I, sh- I should have let you die. Anna de Armas' character is extremely unlikable. Um, oh, great. Yeah, she just plays this bizarrely badly written, bristly character with very little charm. Um, there charm. are bizarre cameos from Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, uh, who play bounty hunters in the film. And yeah. It's such a fucking strange film. It's so poorly written. Yeah. My only, my only real concern about this is a spoiler concern. So we're going to do a little spoiler warning here. Does Chris Evans turn out to be a spy? No. So how does he know how to do fighting? So this is the best part, Michael. It's displayed in the first 40 minutes when we're developing our rom-com that he has serious asthma and that is what leads to him leaving the tile in her bag. And then he never uses his inhaler again. Through skydives, through plane fights, through car chases, through physical hand-to-hand combat, through, you name the spy sequence, Chris Evans doesn't need his inhaler anymore. He is inexplicably excellent in combat situations after one sequence of, oh god, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm not a spy and my girlfriend is. It's fucking awful. (laughs) It's really bad. Great. Absolutely fabulous stuff. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of kind of mediocre spy stuff that came out of nowhere, we were invited to the sit- the premiere in the cinema of Citadel episodes one and two last week. And I forgot to check our emails and didn't notice. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Are you but anyways, 100%. But Benjamin, that you doesn't matter. You shitbag. Oh. <laughs> That's neither here nor there because I was on my way to the airport to stop you from doing something you'd regret. Michael, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) We've both seen Citizel episodes one and two, the latest. Go on. I leave you one fucking job. I make all the social media. I put it all up there. I get this shit ready. All you have to do is check the emails. Now, sometimes I forget, like you forgot to record last week. But Benjamin, look, that's neither here nor there. Because (laughs) we've both seen episodes one and two of the latest show from the Rousseau brothers, muscly old Richard Madden, and your favourite, Priyanka Chopra's Jonas. Yeah, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Yeah, I didn't know she was an actress, but there you go. I knew she was married to one of the Jonases. Yeah, she was which one? Pfft, nobody knows. It's one of the Jonas's. I think they might swap. I think they just probably rotate. Oh, um, that's that's a little bit misogynistic, I think. Probably, yeah. No, I don't mean her. I mean she has each of them whenever she fancies it. Um, no. She's much taller than all three of the brothers on each other's shoulders. She's she's Is a she? very intimidating woman. Yeah. Is she indeed, Benjamin? Yeah. It's a spy drama thing. It's a spy <laughs> drama thing, Michael. It is for whatever uh, reason, Michael. Yes, <laughs> the the Russos can't get enough of spies. They fucking love gray spies. Man. Yeah, yeah, the Grey Man. This is this is arguably better than the Grey Man, Michael. Go on. In what sense? I think so. The Grey Man is a bit of a mess, Michael. In that 
it's essentially a classic kind of I am a very dangerous man, but I have a heart of gold. And that's mm. fine. And it works out just grand. Um, and we have the weird bodyguard narrative where he looks after his mentor's child and, and that's what gets him through. Chris Evans was in that as well. Yeah, so was Anna Darmus. So, so was Anna Darmus. They're all best pals. So anyway, Michael, that's absolutely fine. It wasn't a great film. It was a bit messy. bit all over the place. bit... Ugh. I agree. Yeah, a bit all over the place. This, Michael, is the Russo brothers wearing their love for spycraft on their sleeves ever again. They had a massive hit with The Winter Soldier way back in 2012? No, a little 14? bit more recent than that. 15, yeah, a little bit more recent than that. But they've never let it go, Michael. They've always gone back to spycraft ever since. They can't let it go. They're just like, yeah, spies are great. Who doesn't love spies? Just keep doing generic spy stuff. We're going to do a spy stuff about a spy man who's doing a big spy and then there's an accident and he washes ashore mysteriously bereft of his memories and he goes on to try and find his memories and then excuse me sir sorry just a moment is that Jason Bourne are you talking about the film Jason Bourne and he goes yes yes we are talking about the film Jason Bourne but what we're going to have is we're going to have one of the characters say this is just like Jason Bourne. And that therefore indemnifies us from anyone criticising that this is just Jason Bourne. Michael, this is every spy film ever. <laughs> this is Citadel spy is... films, what? Yeah, go on. But this this is just... You go on, you finish your point because it's probably better than mine. I was just going to say, this is to spy films what that Robbie Amell simulant movie is to robot movies. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just this big amalgamation. So, Michael, right down to the two competing fictional spy agencies. So the the, the spectre of this particular series is Manticore. Mm, Manticore. Which is something straight out of G.I. Joe. It's straight out of The Man from Mm. Uncle. It's straight out of James, classic James Bond. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so ridiculous that there are two covert spy agencies who are the good guys because you can't trust a government. It's the Kingsman, Michael. It's it's all Mm. of these things just rolled into one. And that's what Citadel is. It's just so silly, but it it kind of works. So there's so much James Bond in this, Michael, that you may as well resurrect Sean Connery and just... Sean Connery dead? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't, I don't know if anybody knows if Sean Connery's dead or not. Correct me in the comments down below if I'm wrong. But we have a cue, Michael, and it's Stanley Tooch. It's the Tooch, Ben. Kick it into Tooch. Tooch. Welcome to our new segment, Kicking It Into Tooch, where we analyse the works of Stanley Tooch. Didn't Stanley Tooch play this character a few weeks ago in that movie, Kate Beckinsale is the spy with no memory? Yeah, Surge? Was that what it was? Was it not called Livewire or Jolt? Jolt? Was it called Jolt? Jolt? I think it might have been called Jolt. Jolt Cola, the movie. And yeah, Michael... So he's in this as the kind of witty, snappy, kind of super gadget man. We get we, the, the main villain of this so far, Michael, and spoilers for episodes one and two of Citadel, is Dahlia Archer, who's the head of Manticore. Hmm. Yeah, um, or just... What a name! Kind of generically. Great name. <laughs> yeah. Just generically, the English. 
The English appear to be the, the English. <laughs> English are at it again, Michael. The other thing that's great is the villains in this, Michael. They're they're henchmen. It's a classic James Bond shtick. They're twins. They're sadistic twins. Stick them in there. Stick them in. There. <laughs> Have you got any tropes for us? What about a what about a man who rescues a female character and then turns out to be a creeper? It's fucking insane. Stick them okay, in so- there. That's that's an excellent point. So I'd, I'd like to take a look at that very, very quickly because we're running rapidly out of time, Michael. There was too much on the fucking thing. Right? Too much on the list this week. Both of our super spies, Michael, get their memories mm. wiped after the Manticore ambush on the train because mm. Stanley Tooch, Q, activates the backstop protocol. Yeah, spoilers. Okay, to which I said... Yeah, oh, sorry, big spoilers. Go, just put this in. Big spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. You can just edit that in, Michael. Good Thanks man. a million. I'm not going to. But Good man. I know you're not. I know you're not. Yeah, fuck. Um, but come here to me anyway. <laughs> yes, go on. Anyway. What is it? Richard Madden, also known as, what's his name in the show? It's ridiculous. Icarus. Joel Johnson? No. Mason. It's Mason. Mason. Mason, Mason Kane. Kane. Mason Kane. So Mason Kane, <laughs> yeah, the last name, wakes up with his memory wiped. Yeah, and he wakes up in a lovely little hospital. Mm. He's been found in the water. He wakes up in hospital, Michael, and he's treated in Italy, and he gets to go home. And then eight years later, we find out he has a, a wife and child. I'm not sure if the child is his yet. That hasn't been directly established. I think it is. Um, Probably. But he has a wife and child. And then, Michael, Citadel goes and basically fridges Priyanka, Chopra... Jonas. Jonas uh, a little bit. So we talk about fridging a lot on this, Michael. It's the unspeakable acts of violence committed against women for motivation quite often in fiction. Priyanka Chopra doesn't wake up in an Italian hospital. Priyanka Chopra Jonas doesn't get a nice family ending. Priyanka Chopra Jonas is found by an incel serial killer? I think he's just an Italian. (laughs) That's going to get us in trouble. So, Michael, I thought it was a manticore agent because he's an absolute bastard. He handcuffs her to the bed and then basically attempts to sexually assault her and she's forced to absolutely annihilate this man in an incredibly bloody awful scene um that's just traumatic and michael it's a real fuck up um because you're just like ah oh, this feels a little bit this is a little bit misogynistic this is a little bit of female torture mm. porn is that what we're is that what we're getting and a it's a damsel in distress stuff but it's it's that classic thing of look how tough this woman is because she can, you know, take on a misogynist. Now, a fucking hyper example of a misogynist in the form of Italian man number one. But we've already seen how competent she is as a human being from the amazing train fight scene where she works with Richard Madden to clear out the deck. And it's it's so strange that her character has to go through Attempted sexual assault, absolute trauma psychologically. It, it's I. It just feels so weird that it's in the film or in the series. I I just I felt that they were so unevenly balanced in terms of what they had to go through. I I don't know. It could just be me. I could just be hypersensitive. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe you're a bit hypersensitive. I mean, it's it's not great, but I didn't really like it anyway. I didn't like the show anyway. I, I'm a, a concerned of the idea, the other idea that has been played out of the super competent female spy and the slightly incompetent male spy trying to keep up with her. Well, that's, that, that seems to be the setup for the show now. Mm, which is the setup for, say, Chuck, the setup for Ghosted, the setup for... Yeah. It's it's a pretty big trope these days of super competent female and incompetent male helper. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's an interesting choice to be sure, but it wouldn't be much of a show if they both got their memories back and were just the two super spies um, going at it again. You know, I don't hate um, it anyway, Ben. I think it's over ambitious. I think they have they think they're creating this ex- elaborate, cool, and interesting world of spies, and you know, the whole point of this is to spin off. Did you watch, Michael, the post-show breakdown? No, I couldn't abide for it. Egypt. It's the most blow-their-own-horn shite <laughs> that I've ever they're seen. They're utterly convinced. They're utterly convinced that this is going to be spinning off into like a Russian TV show and an Indian TV show and a Spanish TV show. And it's all it's going not. to be set in the world of the Citadel and Manticore. It's not. Like... It's it's an enjoyable watch. It's very slick. Does it deserve? They keep blowing. They, again, they're blowing their own horn by being like, "This is the most expensive TV show ever produced." That's not a positive. That's yeah, not necessarily. Up, yeah, that's not the accolade you want it to be. Um, it's good, but I think it tries to get away with all these influences. And as you said, because they call them out. You know, and they're like, oh, well, I'm a tech genius and my tech is is almost like magic. It's like, that doesn't excuse the, the helpful Tucci X machina that pops up every once in a while when they need a, a fake gadget or a MacGuffin that will explain something. Like, Case X is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Mm. Where's Case X? Hide it. What is this, the yeah. 70s or the future? Silly. But, oh, it's bizarre, Michael. I enjoyed it. But not on the merit of it being anything original or interesting. It's a very easy watch. I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I, I, I sat through it and it was fine. But I, I have no interest or excitement to see anything about where it goes. I'd much rather see Anthony Mackie in a post-apocalyptic vehicular combat show like Twisted Metal. Benjamin, I think one yeah. of the problems it has is it puts the cart before the horse. And it's a huge problem in media these days. Where... Everyone is so concerned with their franchise and their spin-offs and their follow-ups. And no one is organically just putting out one movie anymore, seeing if it catches and then developing from there. Michael, there's no such thing as the one shot anymore. It's fucking all over. Everything has to be a franchise now. And I blame the Russo brothers. It's oh, their fault. Gosh darn Russo brothers and John Favreau. I it's yeah it's sometimes Michael one of the one of the toughest watches is the smugness with which they line up franchises <laughs> so mm. I, I like we've we the, the people particularly guilty of this at the moment Michael are the Star Wars universe everything smugly nods at its own oh what we do a little mini series on that do you remember that mm. pilot that was in that movie for mm. 10 minutes let's give him a series oh yeah get him in mm. there wouldn't you like to see get him? him in there where did he come What's from? What's that? Yeah, exactly. And, Michael, you know, 
that's nothing new. We've seen that in movies again and again and again, where a movie is convinced it's deserving of a sequel. Um, most recently, what we saw that it was the Super Mario Bros. Exhumed episode, Michael, from 1997, mm. where they line up a sequel. And it, it's never going to happen. It's not a good series. It's not a good movie. But we see it happen again and again and again, Michael. And usually, I find, it's by the third film that it's really lost its va-va-voom, so to speak. Go on. So, I, I'm thinking particularly, Michael, the one that I always come back to when I, when I talk about trilogies that really lost their oomph is The Dark Knight Rises. Fish, fish, um, pasta, pasta. Fish, fish, yeah. pasta, pasta. An absolute classic, Michael. An absolute classic for white wine pairings. Absolutely. Um, and when it comes to that kind of thing, Michael, it's not a bad film, right? The, the Dark Knight Rises. That's the best joke you've ever done. Your best, best. joke. You just peaked. <laughs> That's it. Like a That's like it. a fucking Midway's trilogy. I've peaked. Um, <laughs> Michael... The strange thing about The Dark Knight Rises is it's probably an alright film by itself, but it followed up something that was a perfect storm of media, which was The Dark Knight. Go on. The The Dark Knight became immortalized because of the scandal around Heath Ledger. It was already a very good movie with a stunning performance from many people, but it solidified itself as kind of a top tier film due I think in part to the tragedy around Heath Ledger's passing Mm. and it was very hard to separate those two things as a success and then what came next Michael could never live up to what was done in The Dark Knight it just wasn't going to happen and I think one of the interesting things that we see with Christopher Nolan is he's gone back to one shots Christopher Nolan Inception Tennis, yeah. Interstellar, the the new and soon to be there Oppenheimer. I think Christopher Nolan went. Maybe I am a one trick pony, and that's fine if we only need a pony that knows one trick. And now he's making the one shots, and it works absolutely fine. But Michael, we see it happen again and again and again. It's not always a trilogy, but it does seem to be, you know, a very strong sign of that. Uh, trilogies are a great way of recognising it as an issue. Also, if you push past the trilogy, I mean, look at Thor, Michael. Thor, Love and Thunder is an interesting one, though, because the Thor trilogy is weird anyway, because it has three different directors, three different tones, three different themes, and a lot of Thor's major character development happens in other movies. It does. it's, It's a weird, inconsistent series, and it was inevitable that they would hit a speed bump. And Love and Thunder, rubbish as it is, is probably realistically more Ragnarok 2 than Thor 4. Right. Do you, does that yeah, do no, follow that's, me? Yeah, no, I get that. It's it's Taika Waititi trying to make his own little Thor yeah, trilogy. In the, same way, hence, in the same way that retrospectively Batman Forever... No, Go sorry, on. not... Ba- yeah, Batman Forever was Batman 1989 3... But retrospectively, we don't really look at it as Batman 3. We it look was a at Joel Batman Schumacher attempted. Yeah. yeah, it was Joel Schumacher Batman 1. Mm. I think really to consider them a trilogy in the truest sense, you need broadly the same creative direction. 
not necessarily the same creators, but the same creative direction. And if yeah. a franchise, especially a franchise movie, takes a different creative direction, even if it has the same creators, it doesn't always feel like a trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that's, yeah. I mean, we've seen it play out in three different styles. So there's a, there's a few things that affect this, Michael. There's a few things that affect this. Number one is trying to maintain quality. If you have an absolute getaway hit, you know, mm. boom, home run, straight out of the park, hit it's very hard to follow that up so dark knight being the example that i previously gave the dark knight was one of the biggest films of the 2000s Mm. and very hard to follow up so maintaining quality is one of the big ones the next one is audience expectations when we're dealing with with franchises like marvel that keep upping the stakes and have a consistent set of characters that people have come to rely on it's very hard to change the tone of those characters in the middle could I say something about that? Go on. One movie. Let's let's put let's make this a let's make this a fucking let's make this a maths analogy. Right? Okay. So you have a graph, right? Yeah. And one movie is a point on a graph. Yeah. Okay? And if people mm-hmm. love that movie, then they love that movie. Great. And everyone goes, That movie was great. I'd love to see more of that world or whatever. Right. Yes, that. Would then be good. you make the yes, exactly. Then you make the same move, the second movie, mm-hmm. and that movie is another point on a graph. Mm-hmm. But Ben, when you have one point on a graph, you have a point. But when you have two points on a graph, you have a line. Oh, and when you have a line, a line implies some sort of directionality. So if movie one was good. Movie two mm-hmm. was better and, say, the special effects were better and the storytelling was more in-depth. Go on. Then the line that fans think they're getting for three will be even better with even more in-depth character development and even better special effects. Yeah. And the fact that your point on a line has become... Sorry, your point, your point in space is now a line means it's way easier because the longer the line gets the more different ways it could curve and the more you're going to disappoint some people because the line in their head between those two films and extrapolating out to where the third could be bloody hell it's hard to get that on the money for all of the different thoughts and opinions that everyone who's a fan of the first two will have almost impossible Michael some would say some would say some would say. I'd say that, Michael. I think we see that happen more often than not. You know, it, it's just impossible to keep everybody happy all of the time, especially when you're dealing with big characters that have background fan bases and stuff. Like, Marvel is a, is a perfect example of all of that because you have people that want comic accurate and now, interestingly, you have people that want MCU accurate. So they don't they don't really understand the comic book versions of these characters. They've only ever seen them in celluloid. Mm. Um. And that's where it gets really interesting. And then the, the the third thing that impacts all of those trilogies, Michael, is, of course, it, it, you know, evolving storylines. As you said, you're going to want to grow your storyline and character development and all of those things. And that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you might fail to evolve your storyline and stay a bit stagnated so that you can please as many people as possible. Or you grow your storyline so much 
that it inevitably alienates the people that were inv- interested in the original. Oh, classic. But I mean, like the, the most classic example of that, Michael, in recent memory is The Last Jedi. The Last oh, Jedi uh, by Ryan Johnson is not a bad film. It is a bad Star Wars film. I get the fuck out of here. It's a, it's an interesting take on Jedi that nobody cared to watch. Nobody wanted the Jedi to be taken down a peg or two. That's not something that people were interested in seeing. And so, what we got when we watched The Last Jedi is a radical attempt at reinventing something in the middle of a trilogy, which doesn't make any sense. You can't change the wheel in the middle. Was the was the middle one not The Force Awakens? No, nope, The Force Awakens oh, is number the last one. one. The Last okay. Jedi is number two, and the third All one right. is The Rise of Skywalker. Rise now, of Skywalker, you're right, yeah. So... That's fascinating, Michael, because you can't radically alter the plot line. And that's exactly what happened. Three different directors, three different films, very messy. Right. But here's the thing, right? Imagine The Force Awakens had just been a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. And there were no previous Star Wars attached to it or anything. And it was just that singular point on a graph I was discussing. Yeah. And then they released The Force Awakens is that what it's called? No, sorry, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And sure, they're totally and thematically different, but they're set in the same world. That would have just yeah. been a line. So there would have been much less contention of, oh, they've ruined Star Wars. Yeah. Because there would be no Star Wars to ruin. You would just have two movies on a graph. And then the third one, and this is the biggest problem with this trilogy, is way off the line because the third one goes back to being exactly like the first one. Exactly. So you've got like a weird like V. <laughs> you, yeah. You've created a V on your graph and it just doesn't mm. make sense anymore. Where you're the just line like, oh. does not make sense. Yeah. Uh, I think we see that happen so often, Michael. There's a, there's a few examples where it's been pulled off that all three of these things have been balanced okay. I think the Avengers might be one good look at that. I think... The Avengers isn't a trilogy though. Well, it's it's well, part one I mean, and part two of number three, isn't it? Can we not? No, 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 not really. The Avengers. It's a four, it's a four film. Yeah, it's a four film. But Ultron is still weak, and yeah, most most of the character development for Infinity War and Endgame came from movies outside of the Avengers franchise specifically. That's true. Would you like to hear my take on a film that on a series that did manage it? I would like that, Michael. I think a series that did manage it, although. Not really beloved at the time, but a series that managed it quite well was Back to the Future. Oh yeah, the lads of Back to the Future. They were a great bunch of lads. Look, they're in my notes. Great bunch of lads in Back to the Future. Not beloved at the time, though. Yeah, Three was not really. seen as a bit of a weak ending at the time, but a weak ending. That sounds like a, a, just some, doing some stuff at the weekend. Three was seen <laughs> as not a great ending and not really in line with the other two. But time has kind of let it stand on its own and people do think it's a good trilogy these days. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty solid. It's 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 a pretty great set of films, Michael. And, we've it, you know, it worked out quite well. Arguably as well, Lord of the Rings. The original no. Lord of the Rings. No, no. get out of here. No. What do you mean, no? Why do you want to know why I mean no? Come on, tell me why. Here's why. Are you ready for this? 
Because, to go back to my maths analogy, all three of those were plotted on the graph before the first one was even made. So, of okay. course, they make a coherent line. All right, that makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, dot, so there's less risk dot, involved dot. in that one because we knew where we were going. Exactly. They knew where they were going from the first one. So, yeah. it worked. Now, the problem is that encouraged everyone to think that's how to do it. Is to have it mapped. Exactly. And then people make shit first films because they can't wait to... They're, they're keeping all their best ideas for their amazing trilogy. Um. Yeah, okay. So do you think that would inevitably lead... If you're plotting like that, are they keeping all the big bangs to the third film? Is this? They're keeping all their... bit. They've got all these cool ideas and it's like, well, we just have to make two fucking mediocre films first and then we can do the really cool thing we want to do hello who's that sorry yes is that hold on man sorry I'm being interrupted I've got an incoming call from the film Dracula Untold <laughs> yes yes well you're not going to make those follow ups are you you fucking Egypts Charles sorry, Dance just, oh what, what a waste villain oh complete waste of time one of the greatest to, to quote you from earlier smug sequel setups of all time that went nowhere <laughs> it was so what does he say the game is afoot I, it's it's something very very similar sometimes they get very smug Michael and it's just go on uh, the one that I think of a lot Michael is Sherlock Holmes the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes mm. so he tried to do he tried to do a two movie arc and then decided somewhere along the line ah no we'll try it again he's been making that film for the last couple of years there's been rumors floating around that it's going to come out but it's the smugness of he he went so far as to do the classic the end with a question mark at the end of it classic (laughs) it's just the second i see that i'm like you fucked it you fucked it you absolutely fucked it yeah i'm trying to think of other examples that have done that but i can't but ladies and gentlemen you know who probably could think of those you you could probably think of those and there's a few places you can get in touch with us. You can find us on the interwebs at www.seanrabeog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Your Luxury Listen Podcast. You can indeed. Uh, it's very popular. It's, it's <laughs> relatively popular these days. Uh, you can find us in the best place to get in touch with us, which is hopping up on the Discord at the link below in the description. Hop up on it. Yeah, you can get in touch with us and chat with us there. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us to go to a premiere of something, don't send us an email. Get in touch with us through Instagram. We might check that a bit more often. No, send us an email. Ben, I didn't check the email before we decided that was my job. Look, I didn't want to argue it too much on the podcast, but it was before we assigned these roles. Anyway, Benjamin, the listeners yeah. could also do us a big favour. Yeah. Because we actually, we, we did a call to action for the listeners last week, but uh, you forgot to press record. And if we asked I the listeners, to press record, it would have been good. <laughs> it would have been great. But if the listeners um, are out there and they're listening, if they could give us a five-star rating on whatever app or service they're listening on, that would do the podcast the world of good, according to our good mates at the Press Any Button to Continue podcast. Yeah, apparently that's great for us. We probably should have been pushing that for the five years we've been doing this goddamn show. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty seventeen. It's six years. So if you are oh, out there and you are so much worse, and you are giving us a big listen. 
would you ever go and give us a five star review? It'll do us the world of good. We don't know what it'll do, but it'll do us the world of good. Do us the world of good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us this week. That's it. Bye bye. <sighs> yeah, there's a bit of a rambly one. We'll see you next Tuesday, anyways. See ya. <laughs>